Hi everyone, Sam here. Thank you so much for listening to The Policy Dispatch. Before we dive in, if you want to enjoy premium access to the podcast and want to read or listen to the unmissable and informative journalism from Foresight Climate and Energy, make sure to subscribe. You can try us for 30 days for less than one euro a day, which will give you access to our website and app. Just follow the link in the show notes or go to www.foresightdk.com forward slash subscribe to find out more. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Policy Dispatch. I'm your host and travel guide through the fascinating world of the energy transition, Sam Morgan. Today we're jetting off to Southeast Asia and taking a look at Indonesia, a gigantic archipelago of islands which is the world's fourth most populous country. Indonesia also faces a Herculean task to clean up its economy. It's the world's eighth biggest polluter but aims to get those emissions down to a net zero level by 2060. A new $20 billion just transition plan, put together by wealthier nations, hopes to at least kickstart that decarbonisation journey. But there are significant challenges that need to be overcome. Coal power dominates the energy system, and Indonesian industries are largely fuelled by the polluting fossil fuel. That $20 billion decarbonisation plan is just a drop in the ocean, Tens of billions in extra investment will have to be sourced on top of that every year. There's appetite to get it done, though. Catherine Hassan, an energy expert at the Centre for Research on Energy and Clean Air, joins today's episode to explain those challenges in a bit more detail. Just before we get into the discussion, just time for the traditional policy dispatch quiz question. Today I'm asking you, Indonesia is one of the world's largest coal producers – In 2023, it set a new annual production record. How many million metric tonnes of coal did Indonesia produce? Is it A, 246 million tonnes? B, 467 million? C, 508 million? Or D, 775 million tonnes? Answer as always after the show. Okay, so Catherine, if we could maybe just start with the basic broad strokes, maybe what are Indonesia's main climate targets and what do you think about the ambition level? Is Indonesia doing enough with green policies? What does the situation look like? Yeah, so I think, well, at the global level, Indonesia has submitted the the NDC, the Nationally Determined Contribution for the Paris Agreement, and that has been updated. Uh, Well, it's a little over two years now in September 2022, but the level has has uh, has been raised slightly. So it went up from 29% with on efforts to the 32% and uh, 41 to 43 with international support. So this means, of course, the intention to increase um, ambition, right? Of course, we were hoping for more. Um Maybe recently you have seen um, in the Climate Action Tracker report, if you're familiar with the platform, that the status recently has been changed to critically insufficient, which means, uh, I, I, yeah, which means that um, the situation is actually worse now. Um, we we are aware of the concern, uh, and it mainly comes from the lack of inclusion of captive power uh, retirement in the in the recent uh, JetP investment plan that was released 
in November 2023. So yeah, I think uh, this is a big, um, this is a significant, um, I don't know, challenge or problem. It probably challenge is more is 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 the suitable word for this. Um, the document does explain that the, if this is to be added to the JetB commitment, this will mean um, that the that the cap at the two, 290 million ton cannot be achieved, that it's uh, not feasible to, to achieve this. And so it's been revised to just meet 250 from the 290 for the on-grid only um, in million ton of CO2. And so... In a sense, we are. Um, I think we're falling back slightly, um, but I think there is there is. Uh, it's still ongoing. It's still being explored. Um, but yeah, uh, there there are criticisms that 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 a stronger commitment is needed that should have been there for 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 a stronger call retirement transition. Yeah, and transition. Mm-hmm. Um- I mean, just on the JetP, the Just Energy Transition Program, I guess this, you could say this is like Indonesia's flagship climate policy in a way, $20 billion, correct me if I'm wrong. The international community was very happy when this agreement was put together a couple of years ago now. What's the current status of that program? Has it all been finalized? Is the money being spent? Are solar power panels being installed? Where actually do we stand at the moment? Yeah, we can say that the the JetP is is supposed to be a, a landmark, right? Um, it it should it's intended to set things in motion. Um, of course, after we see the the, the comprehensive plan um, that was released, we can see that tremendous amount of funding is needed that Indonesia has to prepare by 2030. Only I'm gonna throw a, a number. So the the funding from JetP is 21.5 billion, while What's required to implement the plan is 96 billion by 2030, and mm-hmm. that's just so that means you know at least five times more. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is only to for the decade till the end of the decade. Wow! And there, of course, there, there are issues around this that uh, the JetP mostly offers uh, the funding as loans, and only 1.5 percent comes in form of grants, and so. That's a big concern that that the country is developing and wants to aim high, wants to aim um, to become uh, a developed country by 2045, right? And so that means have to maintain economic growth and while also uh, making sure that the country is transitioning and moving away from fossil fuels. And so it's it's I I would say it's a big opportunity. The, the uh, the, the secretariat is working hard to look into the captive uh, coal power transition, and of course, we are um, we hope for good results and more ambition. Of course, mm-hmm. you mentioned the captive coal power plants. So this was something that I only really encountered when reading and, and writing about Indonesia. Even I hadn't, you know, come across this before. Could you just maybe explain what this element of the transition is and, and why it's actually such a big deal for, for Indonesia's climate policies? Yeah, maybe a quick, just a quick description of captive coal power. It, it is, it's been growing really fast in the, in the past decade. So captive coal power are, Coal power plants, so power generation um, using coal, dedicated for industrial sector, and 
I would like to just say that mostly it's earmarked or, or dedicated for metal processing now. There's been significant growth. Maybe you have heard uh, of the of the rapid development of metals, of metal uh, metal industry downstreaming uh, by the country in eastern Indonesia, and so and these are to mine to extract um, critical mineral minerals, which will be needed for a clean energy transition. And so, yeah, a captive mm-hmm. captive captive coal has been used as the main source mainly because the location is remote and it is deemed as the cost-effective solution to provide power. Of course, there are it's being discussed, right, that this is not necessarily true and in the future, cleaner alternatives will be more cost-effective than fossil fuels. And um, yeah, but unfortunately, this is the... This is the current situation that we still that it's still dominating the captive. Yeah, coal is still dominating um, this captive power supply, mm-hmm. and currently it's about uh, twenty or twenty five percent of the of the total power generation for Indonesia. So it's not insignificant, and so mm-hmm. yeah, I think you will you will hear more and more about captive coal and uh, in, in, in Indonesia mm-hmm. for for this. Share. Yeah. What does it, what does Indonesia's future energy transition actually look like? Because I suppose we see with a lot of countries that moving away from the most polluting fossil fuels often relies on moving towards fossil gas or you know cleaner versions of fossil fuels. Is that the kind of narrative there is in Indonesia as well, or is it more okay? We know renewables are the future, and that is the direction we want to go in. We just need the money, the funding, the investment, all these policies that need to make it a reality. Or is there still this, you know, transition element to to cleaning up the energy system? Yeah, I would say well, Indonesia has set commitments to to move away from coal. There is a national target to have twenty twenty three percent by twenty twenty five for renewables. Um, and also there is a net zero target by 2060 or sooner. And maybe you saw in, in the JetP, uh, there are years set for power sector as well, I believe by 2035, if not sooner. Um, but yeah, these targets are there, um, but there are challenges and there are still exceptions, we would say, Um uh, in the there is there, there is a major regulations that was issued in 2022 where it's really the key is to help the country expand renewables quickly it's mm-hmm. the presidential re- regulation um, and and uh, the cap or the, the moratorium for new coal additions are highlighted uh, it's also included there although we have exceptions. Exceptions are for national projects, uh-huh. which is again we go back to you know the aim to yeah to 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 move to um, to the higher high in- income and maintaining economic growth. And so for these special projects, it's still um, there are still questions on whether uh, when and and how quickly coal mm-hmm. will transition. Uh, in, in like in terms of renewables, then obviously. In other countries, everyone has different problems about why they can't scale them up quicker, whether or not it's permitting or not enough supply chain access or, or whatever, you name it. 
in Indonesia, are those factors also an issue or is it purely the the investment gap that needs to be bridged or the policy framework isn't there yet? What what, what would be the, if you had, you know, your magic lamp with a genie, what would be the one thing you'd wish for to kind of make renewables go faster in, in that case? Yeah, well, what you mentioned, I, I think that's a, it's a global issue. And we, uh, financing is always an issue, infrastructure, mm. Um, and kind of upgrading the grid would be the, the first and foremost needs to mm-hmm. smart grids will be needed if you want to have more solar, more wind in the system. Uh, the country is working on it. I, I believe we have seen announcement where um, government is pursuing this. Um, I would say for Indonesia specific, there is this uh, I've, I've read this somewhere, that, and and I I, I do I do um, agree with it uh, that there is a trilemma. The trilemma is that the country has to, you know, their their, their economic uh, prioritization that has to be done. Um, we also energy alternatives are are still expensive. There's it's there's a lack of available cost effective options, which is which is. You know, it goes back to policy reforms and maybe um, financial mechanisms, right? Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, this power grid, uh, this technical uh, infrastructure um, capabilities are is also uh, another another factor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think. But Indonesia again, Indonesia is uh, um, is an archipelago country. We're blessed with resources. I think uh, renewables potentials are really tremendous. I think I've seen uh, a quote for 3,600 gigawatt, and that's really massive, right? Um, and yeah, if, if, if it is possible to tap into that, not just like it's not just a national priority, but also maybe globally, because Indonesia um, has significant resource, uh, reserves of the critical minerals. So that means global stakeholders have to be involved as well. How do we um, make sure that the supply chain can be established um, uh, well, uh, low carbon, and and hopefully net zero soon, sooner than later? Yeah. Hi everyone, Sam here again. Just wanted to remind you and maybe your colleagues as well that premium access to the pod and Foresight's brilliant journalism is just a click away. Try a subscription for 30 days for just 29 euros. That gives you access to our website and audio app. Go to www.foresightdk.com forward slash subscribe. Follow the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. And that point about the, the geography, actually, I, I thought it was quite fascinating about I didn't realize how many islands there were in Indonesia for, for a start. Um, is that a actual major challenge for the government when they consider bringing clean power to everyone because obviously there are so many different isolated parts of Indonesia because of its geography are they already talking about I saw headlines about super grids and and this kind of thing you know where undersea cables will have to be widespread um are, are those kind of projects happening I I don't know if it's if if it's a barrier I would say it's a it's 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 a technical. It's probably a, a technical challenge, right? Um, but also to note that the population is mostly centered in Java, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 
And so, of course, access to electricity will be the issue here and grid stability will be issue in rem- in more remote places where population, where there are smaller uh, population. And when you want to build industry there, that will mean um, a t- completely different strategy ver- uh, if you compare that to Java or Sumatra, um, for instance, right? The, the more populated portions. Um, I would say the government will have to still um, kind of look look at it in in a long term scale, right? Um, because this is not this is not a sprint; it's a marathon. They will have to consider how things will progress in the coming decades, and then at zero will have to be achieved, right? Maybe in terms of just Indonesians' attitudes towards climate policies. Um, in other parts of the world, I mean, I always think of Poland and places like that. The public isn't particularly keen on climate policies, but as soon as you link it to the health benefits, you know, in some of their cities, it's equivalent to smoking a pack of cigarettes a day when you take into account air pollution. What does the situation look like in Indonesia? Is there that link between, you know, clean air and climate? Do Indonesians see the merit in green policies and tackling climate change, you know, what, what kind of support can the government count on from the, from everyday citizens, I guess? Yeah, I would say that the, on maybe first on clean air, this is the, 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 the awareness is there for sure. Sam, maybe you saw uh, in, in the national media, the topic made the headlines a few times um, this last year. And it is actually happening Every year, it's been it's been it's been reoccurring because mainly because of the 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 season this, mm-hmm. the seasonal change um, in the country. But we have the dry and the rainy season. When uh, during rainy season, so the 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 megapolitan countries uh, uh, cities where where pollution uh, levels are high during rainy season with good uh, atmospheric condition levels levels will be low. But then, when we go to when when the year um, proceeds to dry season, and and also with the El Nino happening, this becomes a big issue, um, right? The, the the atmosphere is more stale, pollution um, tends to linger uh, longer, and so that's why we see really high levels, and people are just concerned. Uh, and because it's been happening for a few times, this is a uh, this is like repeated exposure, we would say, and maybe it's growing. People are saying that the kids are sick, the adults are sick, right? And so I think the awareness is there and people do know that um, there, there are many causes to this. Um, the, 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 the major contributors are transportation, industry activities, also power generation. So all of these are due to fossil fuel use, right? If, if we're, it kind of trails back to that. And I think the public is well aware um, and it's, it's a complex issue. Of course, we, we, th- this is clear. It's not something that, that can be solved overnight. It, has to, it requires you know, multi-sector, uh, multi-sectoral approach. And so I think it, it's pretty optimistic. People are... Um, concern and people are demanding um, actions around this. Maybe you saw 
there is a lawsuit from the Jakarta citizens to the president and the ministers demanding action, to uh, demanding clean air action plan. Um, and in the recent pres- presidential debate, maybe uh, in 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 the in the last few months, uh, this topic came up, and I think it's good to see the uh, how the discussion uh, the discussion evolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, the public is is interested and is hopefully aware that the the government, whoever um, the presidential the, the president will be, this is the this is just something that they must do, right? They must mm-hmm. adopt policies that also um, ensure the welfare of the people. So it's not just about sustainable sustaining economic growth. Mm-hmm. What would you do about the the these economic burden from um, health impacts? Yeah, that's something that we are actually uh, we're trying to just to be more and more involved in the discussion, making sure that you know the estimates, whatever what what quantifications we can do from from uh, from uh, academic um, proven methods, we can share that with. Not just with the policymakers, but also with the public. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to ask you actually. You mentioned transport about being a part of this air pollution um, equation, of course, where it where it is around the world as well. What does the transport decarbonization dilemma look like in Indonesia? I mean, I've noticed that two wheeled transport is is a big part of Indonesian day to day life. Does that make it easier then for policymakers to think about decarbonization in the sector? Because obviously in Europe, the states, it's a more difficult prospect because of the growth of you know big cars and and this sort of thing. Um, so is it a big challenge there as well, or, or does it look a bit more brighter in a way? Mm, um, on the two wheelers. Um, I think because of the because of the quantity of just how how just the, the vast um, number of of motorbikes um, that are used in Jakarta, it's kind of easy to pinpoint mm-hmm. them to, to just just highlight them as one of the issue, one of the contributors to air pollution, right? And so decarbonizing think two wheelers and converting it into uh, electric motorbikes will be an easy. I think it's an easy case. People people can see right away. Okay, it's it uh, it's good for the environment. There's no emissions, and perhaps the the cost is lower. Um, although this is still not the case, right? Um, um, the cost is probably still still uh, the barrier to getting this conversion to to happen quickly. But I would say if there is ambition from the government to, to truly build the electric vehicle ecosystem, n- not just for the motorbikes, but also for, for everything, right? <laughs> for the private transport, for cars, and also, most importantly, public transport, <laughs> I think, having more public transport and having more electric public transport, if the government focuses on that, which is uh, which has been stated that Indonesia wants to be uh, wants to have an integrated EV ecosystem in the country. This could go a long way, right? This could really change 
the pace of adoption mm-hmm. of technology deployment. Um, so yeah, I, I would say if 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 there is political will and commitment, this is something that Indonesian citizens will embrace. Um, although, uh, of course, it has to be thought well thought of how what what could be the incentives, how safe and how well proven the technologies are, how, how <laughs> really how how sustainable it is, because if if the coal power plant is still dominating the grid, that doesn't necessarily mean uh, air pollution mitigation, <laughs> right? That's just transferring <laughs> trans- transferring sources from one to another. Yeah. What does Indonesia's uh, role in the, the region look like? Obviously, countries aren't, um, they're, they're literally islands, of course, but none of them can operate in isolation. Are there any cross-border energy policies that are really promising that with neighboring countries? Um, are there any sort of joint, joint challenges that are being attacked um, together? Um, what does what does that look like? Yeah, when Indonesia, um, well, in, in regards to Indonesia, we were talking about the ASEAN, right, the, the Southeast Asian uh, countries, and it is probably the observation that the ASEAN is, is quite unique and, and the members tend to be, this is just my observation as well, but I think it's uh, the countries are tend to be a bit more inward looking in, 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 in the national energy planning respectively. Um, although I think there, there is potential for for regional power sharing, perhaps um, maybe we've seen uh, in in the news we there is a, there is a, a potential project between Indonesia and Singapore, and this is quite notable. I think the 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 headline is that uh, it could be um, three point five billion um, US dollar uh, project of uh, undersea cable from uh, from the Riau Islands supplying. Um, uh, green electricity to Singapore, uh, and this is to be done by 2030, which is, I, I think, it's 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 quite massive, right? This means that Indonesia, because Singapore is, is such a s- uh, small country, um, Indonesia has a lot more coverage and ha- a lot more um, potential for renewables, and so could facilitate um, um, exchange or tradings for low carbon like electricity and so i think collectively if we look at it as um at the regional level the regional level interconnectivity could really be um could could play a big role in the future but of course this can only happen when the, the nations all or all members are really fully committed to clean energy transition and mm-hmm. you know, really does this this is uh, no longer uses fossil fuel. No longer look into fossil fuel, and there 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 are diverse resources in different countries. Indonesia is is the largest growing economy. Um, well, the neighboring countries, say Malaysia, um, I I I saw in the news that there has been uh, an MOU recently, maybe towards late of last year, um, of looking into. Um, potential locations for grid connections, and so mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think uh, things are moving. Although 
it could be at faster pace and perhaps the ASEAN could be could be the um, the, uh, the the body that, that could help gather uh, these member states to to take more actions right to to raise the ambition and and to look at things um, at the regional level because it could be really uh, profitable right looking at um, how things can um, progress quickly in the in the next couple of decades mm-hmm. Oh, that's super interesting. To, you know, the idea that they could all be brought together under sort of one common goal in a way, I guess. Um, maybe just as a final question to, to wrap up the chat, what kind of big milestones can we expect from Indonesian climate energy policies, whether or not it is elections or the Jet P strategy really kicking into gear or new policies coming? Well, was there anything in particular that you're really focused on and looking forward to in a way? Yeah, I think uh, so. Immediately, one thing comes to mind is uh, I'm. There is a discussion. There's an ongoing discussion for the renewables target to be reduced because of the because of the the trajectory that that well the target I mentioned early early in the chat is the twenty three percent by twenty twenty five. And unfortunately, progress hasn't been great. Um, there has been delays in meaning in implementation of, of the projects. And so the share achieved last, uh, at the end of last year was only 13%. And there are ongoing discussions on reducing this target to seven to between 17 to 19%. So I think this is something to, to watch for. Um, why would it be necessary to adjust the target, right? Rather than thinking of what could really be done to to accelerate, right? To accelerate in, well, we don't have much time now. It's only two years before, well, yeah, two years mm-hmm. before 2025. But yeah, if if the target is to be retained, that means the government will will be committing to something to a big challenge right mm-hmm. but this this could also mean if if that can be achieved then the rate of deployment that that's feasible will be even larger than what was thought as possible or feasible right mm-hmm. um and yeah maybe that's something uh that that i have in mind that um if this is if if the target is to be kept then that could change the, the way the country approaches climate mm. ambition, perhaps. Um, and of course, the, the JETP commitments around or the, the co-retirement around captive uh, power is also massive. And uh, I think we're anticipating some sort of announcement, uh, maybe the, find, uh, the sharing of the study results from the JETP secretariat by, by mid of the year. Um, so that's that's also uh, important considering of how how that would mean uh, for the for the overall energy uh, or power sector emissions in 2030. Mm-hmm. Well, lots to uh, lots to keep an eye on then. Thank you, Catherine, for that great overview of where Indonesia features into the energy transition. We'll have to catch up again in the future when um, when some of these things happen. I, hopefully the renewables target, like you say, will be preserved. But um, if it's reduced, then we'll have to uh, have an update from you about what that means for uh, Indonesia's um, 
climate and energy policies. So um, thank you so much for joining me today for this, um, this great chat. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity, Sam. When we're talking about global energy transitions, the conversation often turns to what is China doing? What's India doing? What's the United States doing on energy and climate? Indonesia is an example of a country that will play a really substantial role in our shift towards green, which doesn't always get the attention it deserves. Catherine and I actually recorded this episode ahead of Indonesia's 14th of February presidential election. It's possible that this resulted in an outright winner, but the result might require a runoff in June. Just something to bear in mind with the timeline. I know you're dying to know the answer of the quiz question. Indonesia set a new coal production record last year. I asked you, how many million tonnes did it produce? 246 million, 467 million, 508 million, or 775 million? The correct answer is 775 million tonnes of coal. That figure exceeded the government's 694 million tonne target. And actually, the third option I gave you, 508 million, was the amount that Indonesia exported. 215 million tonnes of that were shipped to China. That's it for this week's episode. If you're listening in because someone was kind enough to share the link with you, and you're considering becoming a member yourself, then please do. We'd love to have you join our growing community. Have a month's free trial on us as well. Head over to foresightmedia.com forward slash onboarding forward slash policy dispatch to take advantage of this offer. Join me again next time as I guide you through another trip through the fascinating world of the energy transition.